welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. Today, I have a special guest. I have Chris Revel from the Let's Chat podcast. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. A little early for me. Yeah, uh, what's it, like 7 there? <laughs> it's 7. Then you know, that's actually not too bad. But uh, I, um, well, what kind of... What what kind of hurts is uh, I I stayed up till three in the morning to watch this movie. <laughs> oh God! So I only I got a few hours. That was worth it. Well, you know it was pretty nostalgic for me. Um, it would uh, watching the when was the last time you saw this movie? You know I so I'm watching it last night and I swear to God I remember I think I thought I watched it as a kid but I had like no memories of it. Really? So I I I think I watched it but I don't know if I did. Huh, like so, I, I, mu- I must have. Like I mean, just knowing me, but like there was nothing. I, I feel like I did, but if I had watched it, what when did it come out? Like the eighties, early nineties. Yeah, nineteen eighty seven. You don't oh. recognize any of the music at all. Mm, some of it, I know. I remember the hot air balloon stuff. So I must have. If I did watch it, it would be like in like VHS tape in nineteen ninety ninety one. Sure, sure. So I could, but I it was nostalgic in the sense of the chipmunks, because I haven't watched a chipmunks cartoon in. Whew. In some time, years, like yeah. over fifteen years. Hopefully, hopefully, because I'm thirty, so I hope I didn't watch it when I was fifteen. So probably like twenty. Yeah, since I was a little kid. But yeah. were their voices always that squeaky? They they were they were, um, and most of them were voiced by a female too. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it, you know. And then they speed it up too. Yeah. Uh, but hey, before we go any further, uh, let's talk a little bit about your show. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, you you've had me on before too, and that was a um, good episode too. Yeah, it, it was a short one. Uh, so, oh yeah, so it was like crazy I'm, early in the morning. Yeah, and I'm glad you liked it for for being short because uh, I, yeah, I, I felt like we could have gone forever talking about you know childhood TV shows. I think we have to do that again. We're, you got to come back on. Um, oh, for sure. I, I because I, I actually just I was listening to I um I started really getting to your show because I was listening to the Friday episode, the one you okay. guys reviewed Friday. Yeah. So. Your show's fun for movies I've already watched. If it's a movie I've already watched, the next one I'm doing is Age of Ultron because I just saw that. Oh, very but, uh, good. Yeah, it's my show. I've been doing it for over a year. Uh, I'm on the Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, and it's, I think I just basically kind of ripped off like Nerdist Podcast, where just that, like, <laughs> it's kind of an interview, but it's more just a conversation. And uh, I try to, my goal is usually to get comedians, musicians, uh, authors, artists, and like, other podcast people yeah and then sometimes just like friends like just people that just be like hey i'm talking a long time what's up so i've had some i got some cool ones coming up and i had uh i don't know not a name but like uh i had um one of the writers from the daily show matt Koff, come on so that was kind of a a big feat for me i was like damn that's pretty good that 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 must be really fun for you to um kind of get on uh all these different types of people and different professions and things like that so that's pretty neat yeah, and it's fun. Like, I feel like I've made a lot of friends because like, uh, I made a lot of friends through it, which is nice. Because sometimes, you know, like you interview someone once and then you stay in touch on social media and then mm-hmm. you help each other out. Like, I don't know, like, you know, I got I get to come on your show, which is fun and, and going on a different podcast. And I really love the podcast and community. It's really nice. I think but, it's really fun. Yeah. Everyone I've met has just been super supportive and um i love the diversity i mean i think there are too many of us white guys out there yeah. running podcasts but i've i've gotten to meet a lot of diversity of like different gender and races and different people out there and i get to hear a different voice perspective which i really enjoy uh-huh. on all the different podcasts but everyone 
it's just been really nice. Like everyone's anytime anything kind of good happens, everyone congratulates each other and it's it's just it's just a ton of fun. But yeah, uh, yeah we're on uh, SoundCloud. Anywhere you could find a podcast, my podcast is on there cuz the uh, the network I'm on is awesome and they hook it up. <laughs> yeah, I I like podcasting because it's kind of like it's kind of like making music. You, you know, you kind of get uh, t- to put your thoughts and and feelings and things in, into an episode. And um, just like music, you can collaborate with other podcasters. And for me, I find it fun when I hear a collaboration between like two people I know. And oh, it's the best, right? It is, and that's kind of uh, I. Th- think that's how i kind of found your show or maybe how we we met via twitter because you had chris maynard on who i am friends with as well oh no way yeah, yeah. He, oh what a nice dude yeah uh, i like following him. films yeah shout out to chris maynard he was on the um the police academy episodes i'll have to go back that guy knows his shit he does yeah he's really that, cool he was so yeah he was one of the very first skype guests i've ever had he was really nice to come on and was so cool and He's got a whole network now, following films pod network. It's right. uh, really cool, and that's the thing too. Like, even if you just interview someone once, like you and invite him as well. Like everyone, you just kind of like stay supportive of each other. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. It's and yeah, he. Oh, that's so. Have you have you you met him through Twitter? I would assume. Uh, I met him through uh, War Machine versus War Horse. Oh yeah, that's uh, a great podcast. Yeah, as well. Mike from there. Yeah. Um. So he he also frequents on that show. And that's how uh, I met him was through them, uh, because he is uh, like kind of, um, well, he, he he is one of the hosts, but I, I, well, I was about to say unofficial because he's not on there all the time like Mike is. Yeah, like kind of like a guest yeah. host maybe. Yeah, he he's kind of just uh, um, he's on there when he's on there because obviously he runs his own sh- uh, podcast where he uh, interviews as well too. So when time allows, he's on there with you know him, Mike, and Shane. So it, it's the three of them, but Mike's the one that's on there every episode. Yeah, on my show, I try to rotate guest hosts where I don't get to have as many guest hosts on as I like, but it, it does happen, which is what I, I, one thing I love doing and. Uh, just for scheduling purposes, what I, what I, my new rule is like I'll schedule it with a person, and then I ask a certain amount of people if they want if they're free that time. Because try I used to do this with a different per, uh, with someone who left the show early on, and just trying to schedule three people on the same schedule is surprisingly hard. Oh yeah. yeah, and especially back in the day, I, not now I don't, but I, at that time I was working like two jobs at like very odd hours, so I had very limited scheduling. So it's when it's just you, it's way easier. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I kind of find that difficult as well, having uh, Phoenix as my co-host, because, you know, he is still in school. um, So it's not like I can have him just come on. uh, Well, first off, during the daytime, it's it's difficult because I do have a family, so I have to be dad first. Um, But also, ideally for me, I, I like having or... It's it's easier for me to have um, guests to come on late at night or early Sunday morning, um, which is when I'm like almost always free. And with Phoenix, well, he can do Sunday mornings, but the late at night stuff, it's harder for him to do because especially if it's a weekday, well, he's got school the next day, so I, I can't have him stay up. So he, he's been uh, – that's why like most of the guesting stuff, uh, he's not on. Um, but that's also due to him being grounded. But earlier on, yeah, it, I think he's only been on maybe a couple episodes that that we actually had a guest on. So yeah, I, I feel you. It's it's really difficult to to get the schedules to mesh. 
Yeah, it really is. And uh, and sometimes you get that like random like day off in the middle of the week, and you're like, "Who's free?" And uh, yes, and that's how we got <laughs> that's how we got together on your show. Yeah, I think I had to go, and I recently had someone off. Like, uh, uh, it didn't go out. It, it, very on when this airs, it should be up. I had Jonah Bear. He's one of the hosts on uh, Going Off Track, which is like one of my favorite podcasts. Uh-huh. But he's like a freelance journalist or something like that. So he's just free all the time. And then I had his co-host Stephen Smith, who I same thing. He's like uh, st- free freelance something, but he stays at home with the kids. But I just happened to have like a day off in the middle of the week separately with those dudes. So it was like, do you want to record on Wednesday at eleven a.m.? Yeah, cool. I can do that because I'm off that day or something. So that's always fun. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Because uh, another thing with uh, what with what you do, you don't have to watch a movie and review it and do yeah. a little uh, homework. So that's nice. That's nice. You can just get behind the mic and just just let it fly. Just kind of like how we did with the TV show stuff. Yeah, you. I can't imagine the amount of work you put into like. I, and I feel like I put a bunch of work into it. And like I try to research guests and stuff. But like you have to watch an entire movie before someone comes on. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I'm asking. And sometimes they're the not same. very good. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, like this one. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay, so we have a, a little bit different opinions. Um, but, you know, we'll definitely get into it. Now, the movie we're talking about is The Chipmunk Adventure. Uh, this is actually the first animated movie that Hydrate Level 4 is reviewing. So that's yes. that's kind of neat. I he, love animation. Like, yeah. I love I still watch cartoons all the time. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's pretty relevant in culture because like, Bob's Burgers has really become, like, a huge... I don't know about how it is in terms of ratings, but in terms of like the lexicon, like if you go into like a Spencer's or like we have Newberry Comics out here, mm-hmm. like there's Bob's Burgers t-shirts, like it's it's really popular on Tumblr, like it's one of those shows that it's like you know it, it's really tapped into a certain type of person of a uh, nerd or geek or internet culture, and mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite. And I, yeah, I watch cartoons all the time. And Archer, do you watch Archer? I, I don't, but I, I hear about it. It's definitely for adults, right? There's nothing about it for kids. There's yeah. like not a piece. There's not a single part of that show is actually for kids at all. It's violent. It's dirty talk. It was very high intellect, uh, very fast joke per minute rate. Uh, there's actually like literary references in it. Like, and some of them, like many of them, not some, many of them, I don't even, I don't even catch. Like, I had to read about them on like uh, online. Uh-huh. So yeah. Is it is it a, uh, like a show I, I'd be able to drop in on uh, without having to like catch up on? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. They're all on Netflix except right. maybe the, the I think Archer Vice now. So I think the I think the first f- uh, up until Archer Vice was like an entire season that is kind of a little separate from it, which was still very good. You might be a little lost, but you can just grab one. But if you watch it in order, it's also good. But if you just catch one on FX, it's definitely worth watching. It's, okay, yeah, definitely. I, like I, The I, Simpsons, you know, like you just watch an episode, and if you watch it a ton, you can kind of – there's an expanded universe. But if you just watch one episode, you're like, oh, this is fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, the so Chipmunk Adventure came out in 87. Uh, it's animation adventure. Now, it's directed by Janice Carmen, who also co-wrote it with uh, Ross uh, Bagdasarian Jr. Uh, I think he's the son of the um, the, the guy who created the, the Chipmunks. But they, oh. yeah, the two of them, they're, they're a husband and wife, and they also vo- uh, voiced uh, a lot of the characters. Um, the, um, the director here, she voiced most of the Chipmunks and Chipettes. Uh, I think Ross, he only voiced uh, uh, Dave and Alvin. So that's uh, very interesting. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. 
The now 1987. You said you're 30 now, so you were. I what, was three. Two, three. Okay, two or three. I was born in '84, so yeah, it's probably three. So I probably didn't see it at three. Okay, probably not. But let me throw out a couple movies from that year and see if you recognize any of them. Okay, so I'm looking at this uh, top 100 list. The Chipmunk Adventure comes in at 100 for the year, and this this is based off of um, box office. Uh, wow, that's grossing. impressive. So this was a theatrical release. It was, uh, surprisingly. I, um, so that was a little... Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, um, let me see here. Ernest Goes to Camp comes in at oh, number of 50. <laughs> I love Ernest Goes to Camp. I used to be obsessed with those movies. Yeah, I, I definitely... Uh, I have that one and Ernest Goes to Jail. Yeah. Um, Inner Space, that's a movie Phoenix and I, we reviewed that comes in at 47. Never heard of it. Um, oh yeah, definitely check that out. That's a um, it's a sci-fi with uh, Martin Short and Dennis Quaid. Dennis Ooh. Quaid gets injected into Martin Short, and um, <laughs> that can't yeah, be bad. No, no, and and you know you get to see some miniatures and you know I love it's, uh, Martin it's Short. Kind of, it's kind of obscure. Yeah, Martin Short plays uh, plays it kind of straight in that one. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, but but you also get Martin Short for a reason because he does some physical comedy too. So that's that's oh, really God, fun that to would watch. Be... Incredible. Uh, have you heard of this little movie called Princess Bride? Yes, I own <laughs> that on the Blu-ray. It's my wife's like favorite movie ever made, and rightfully so because it's incredible. No, and it th- it is, doesn't it th- never it never lets down, right? Like whatever no. mood you're in when you watch it, if you're happy, you're sad, you just need that like comfort feeling. It I, that movie is just like eh. maybe it's well, part of no, it can't be nostalgia because I watched that like a few weeks ago again, and it's like the hundredth time, and I'm just like, yep. Yeah, that comes in at 41. That's a little surprising to me. But it's kind of a cult classic too, right? Yeah, so, well, the thing about film is just because it makes money doesn't mean it's good. Well, I'm just surprised. It's actually low. You know, I thought it would be yeah. higher. You know, I thought... I, Yeah, cause, because I love it so much and I think it's so popular now, I would have figured it was like the number one movie when it came out. But I guess I guess it wasn't. Yeah. Um, Can't Buy Me Love comes in at 39. So just a little oh, yeah. about that. Uh, you got Adventures in Babysitting at 35. Oh, I didn't. That was on Netflix recently. I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't remember this one. Yeah, that was a good one. Spaceballs, thirty-one. Uh, it's another Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, one of the possibly best comedies ever made. Yeah. And that was, I think, hugely into like my comedy development when I was super young. I was watching like Spaceballs. I think I watched Spaceballs before I even watched Star Wars. Oh, you know, I think I did too. <laughs> and we, I didn't know we it owned was them. But yeah, because yeah, uh, I was my family, and I just I'm not a big sci-fi person, and I just would watch baseball. It's like this is so funny, and then I was like, oh, this is a Star Wars parody. I didn't get that, but it's still great. I love yeah. it. So um, we we reviewed it, and Phoenix also didn't get a lot of the references because uh, he had not seen Aliens uh, or any of the Alien movies. Um, but also because it is you know mostly based on Star Wars, he, and he hadn't seen those at the time too. But we've gone back and remedied that for sure. I'm gonna go back and listen to that episode. I'm curious to see what a, a younger person would think of that. Yeah, it, and that's that's when we were. I, I don't remember exactly what episode number it was, but it was still when we were when I was still figuring out how to edit in the clips. So they sound like almost like a uh, half a speed slower than than the original. But um, I threw the clips in there too. Some some funny ones uh robocop number 16 that was our number one uh that was our first review uh good call predator number 12 um dirty dancing 11 you never saw predator 
Never saw Predator. I don't think I've ever seen RoboCop, or I've seen like parts of RoboCop. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, those are some uh, some pretty good action flicks there. Yeah, Predator. I think I always thought it was a scary movie, so I never watched it. <laughs> okay, um, and the Secret of My Success at Seven. Never even heard of that one. That's a Michael J. Fox movie, and I wonder oh. if, if it went number seven, uh, you know, because Back to the Future had just come out two years prior. Oh, wow. So, if, yeah, if it's not like Back to the Future or Teen Wolf, I don't know what he's doing. Oh, speaking of <laughs> Teen Wolf, I think the par- uh, part two is on this list, and I skipped it for obvious reasons. Oh, it's bad, though. The, the <laughs> yeah, Jason Bateman one? Yeah, 93. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I think that no one even – I didn't know that was even a movie until one day it was on Netflix. So I was like, Teen Wolf 2, yeah. and I saw Jason Bateman was in it, so I, I had to watch it because it's Jason Bateman. Yeah, I had them both, one and two. Um, Good Morning Vietnam comes at number four. Oh yeah, I watched that once when Robin Williams uh, died. Yeah, um, I uh, I don't I I I don't get like really upset when celebrities die, but I'm like, oh, that's sad. But when Robin died, I was like, we gotta go watch one of his movies, and that was the one that we found on Netflix. And I was like, I never saw this movie. We gotta see what it's all about, and it was incredible. Yeah, it's a really good one. And you know, on that on on Robin Williams, I mean, everybody grew up um, watching him. You know, on something whether it's Morgan Mindy on TV, Mrs. yeah, I watched Stoutfire, that. Hook. Uh, yep. You know, e- even kids from the late '80s, early '90s, they you know watch or listen to him on Aladdin, or know. Flubber, or Flubber. Just, yeah. Um, one of his best roles, I thought, was What Dreams May Come. I I I thought the movie was fine. It was a little slow for me at the time, and I never gone back to watch it. If you like a good cry, it's worth it. Yeah. And then he did One Hour Photo, which he's a big creep in it. But it's uh oh yeah, and, one, one Hour Photo is pretty good. Um, a Final oh. Cut was pretty dark and i like that i didn't see and and speaking of podcasting uh when he was on the episode of wtf with mark Marin, um they re-released it when he passed away as well it was like the first time i think i had ever heard him talk about drug addiction and abuse and um oh. well that's not true because i think he's in a stand up but he talked very openly about his depression and like it was like when i heard that episode and then a few years later i heard he died i was like i was i was obviously surprised but i was like I felt like that episode of podcasting was what Mark Maron did so well was like kind of getting to hear the demons and like the truth about someone because you don't always get that through interviews on TV and you never get that on a TV interview. It's always like, what are you wearing? How any pranks on set? But here it's just like, tell me about your depression. Tell me about your drug addictions. And it was if, if, you, if you can find it online, I think it might still be available. It's worth every listen. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, he's great. And I, I, I yeah, I like I know I never met him, but I always felt like I knew him. I think everyone felt that way, right? Cause I do. Just, yeah, I've, he was I've, in my house so much. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And Patch yeah. Adams. Yes, Patch Adams. Um, uh, did you ever watch? Uh, and this isn't like one I grew up with, but uh, World's Greatest Dad. No, I I need to. I heard it was very good. It's, it's very good and dark. <laughs> it's, I uh, love dark. I, so I think it's it, it. it's it's pretty funny. Uh, definitely for adults though. Um, and the number one movie that came out in 1987 was Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> Good choice, yeah. America. <laughs> uh, do you want to guys guess? can't be dads? <laughs> That's why it was so funny. Men do... can't raise babies, <laughs> right? Such a um, 1987's view, but it, it's still a very classic film. Do you want to guess what the number one song of that year was? Oh yeah, "Son from Dirty Dancing," of course. Uh, no, it is not actually. Wow, but let me see. Dirty Dancing has me uh, curious, though. 
I would imagine it'd be that. St- I, well, I thought it was gonna be that time of our lives song, um, which I hate. Anyone's wondering. <laughs> that uh, that can't. That was number one on November twenty eighth. So a little bit later on in the year. Okay. So maybe that's why, because it came out so late, it was not song of the year. This uh, number one song of the year was "Walk Like an Egyptian." Oh wow! I would have never guessed that. I wouldn't have either. And the number one song when this movie came out was "With or Without You" by U two. So that's an awesome. Wow, song. that came out in eighty seven. I'm a little surprised myself. Yeah, I thought it was I, a little bit later. I guess I never like guessed when year that came out, but I, I guess I don't understand the eighties because I think some of my memories of the early nineties, late eighties kind of meld together because of that age I was. So like, mm-hmm. I'm I don't want to be that person. Like things are different now, but like you wonder like. And I don't know. Maybe this is on. Maybe this is just like a, not true. But like, so like, if a song came out in today in like 2015, would it still be having the same cultural impact three to six years later? Because I feel like if that came out in '87, I mean, I heard that song probably like five or ten. All right, here's an example. I remember being obsessed with the Beasties Boys "License to Ill" album in like the '90s, right? And that album came out in 1987. <laughs> Yeah. So it's just funny because I, I don't know if there's less content or just more options, but it, I maybe think I, I this could just be like looking. What's that statement of like uh, the past looking back with like rose color buds? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. You, you wonder because like that's different. But now I think the Internet and things are a lot faster. So I don't know. At this, I'm sure certain things are still remembered, but maybe not as much. Things just seem a little faster in terms of media. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot more access nowadays. But I could, be, but I'm also wondering if I'm also thinking of that song because I probably remember learning it from friends. So that might just be on me. <laughs> that, that that could be it, and uh, I I agree with you. It, you know, friends probably uh, kind of made me like that song too. Uh, I think. Um, but a couple months, actually, no, the the month pre prior to that was um, "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us" from Mannequin, which also came out that year. I don't think I know that song. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna sing it to you. Or for That's you. too bad. <laughs> uh, not this early in the morning and not without liquid courage. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. definitely an 80s song. It's it's pretty it's, it's pretty awesome song, in my opinion, especially if you know the movie. Um, do you know the movie Mannequin? No. No, okay. Yeah, that's fine. We won't even get into it, but it's... it's. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I, can t- I think I never heard... I don't know what it is, but I can guess the plot. Is it a, is it a love story about a mannequin that comes to life? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just just telling me the time frame of a movie, and then you can with that title, it's pretty easy to tell what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe it, I did see it. I don't know. My memory apparently is really bad. It's got uh, Andrew McCartney in it and um, Kim Cattrall. Oh wow, she yeah. was. Yeah, she played the mannequin. Oh, maybe maybe it was from those I love the '90s VH1 specials or I love the '80s. Yeah, I, I, and I think if you heard the song, you might re- uh, remember it. it yeah, was one of those big duets from the '80s as well. Our like generation of people our age got stuck in nostalgia way too quick. Like everyone turned like twenty one and was like, "Oh man, remember the 80s? Oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> I weird. Agree. I love. I don't watching know if my parents the, um, had that. The uh, I uh, I love the 80s on VH1. Yeah, I love those things. Yeah. I used to watch them so much. And I don't think my parents had that nostalgia when they were like twenty one. Like, oh, remember five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, they they probably remember like the the sixties, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the review of the movie. Yeah. 
the the chipmunks, I, I I don't think they're as big as they were in the eighties and nineties, right? Is no, that I safe to say? Live action reboots kind of didn't do it justice. No, I, I I don't think so either. But here's the thing: in the cartoons, they're like what three feet tall. Yeah, you know? and they're probably like a foot in the live action. And I get it; you don't want a three foot CGI chipmunk, right? That, and I get that. But for me, it's just it was so different from the cartoon. That's why um, I didn't really like the live actions. Do you have any thoughts on the live action? I think I saw one of them, maybe two, um, and that wasn't by choice. It was uh, through an employment thing at the time. I was in, uh, I used to be a mentor for autistic teenagers, mm-hmm. and I think one of the outings we did was went to go see Alvin and the Chipmunks. And then I remember being really disappointed in it. Like they tried to like urbanize it a little, yeah, and tr- a little too modern, which I'm fine with like urban and modern stuff. But it just they were it was they were talking pets and. I'm not a chipmunk purist, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna get on a little soapbox here. But they weren't talking pets; like they were almost. E- they were. The thing was, Dave was like it was, he was a single father to them, and in the movies, it's like it was just I don't know, and I don't. I thought live action was a stupid idea. I think it should have come back as an animated film. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. It and and you know, um, I uh, who played. I'm blanking on the actor's name. Jason Lee. Yeah, Jason Lee. God, I wanted to see something Christopher. Uh, Christopher. And I like Jason Lee. Yeah, but I love him too. I did not like him as Dave. No, and like David Cross was in it. Yeah, I like David Cross, and he he David Cross that role. <laughs> you know, um, Dave's uh, or uh, Jason Lee's portrayal of Dave in that movie kind of reminded me of like how Taraji P Henson played the mom in Karate Kid. Yep. It's like you're a good actress, but why does your role suck in this movie? Yeah, David Cross has openly talked about how awful those movies are and how much he hated doing them. Yeah, he, but he's he like returned. <laughs> yeah, his words always like I bought a summer house and I was contractually obligated for the third one. <laughs> uh, see, I think I only I saw the first two, the squeakle I saw. Yeah, I don't was... think I saw the chipwreck one. The 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 music was not good in the new ones. Yeah, uh, and that's were the chimpettes? I don't remember it well, but I remember not liking it. I know the chimpettes weren't in it. Yes, um, see, and and I think another thing is like the music that they did. They were all too current, you know. I think you want to pick, um, you know, songs that are a little bit older and that, you know, are big hits because like some of them were also original, and I I don't think they worked as well. Um, what do you think about some of the original music in this one, in the uh, Chipmunk Adventure? I actually liked it. Um, the Mexico song, when they get to Mexico or Rio, I think the first song the, the Chipmunks did, I was didn't love. But yeah. as the movie went on, the movie, I thought the music was pretty good. Uh, there was one song, though, that was a little weird when the Chimpettes are singing to the snakes. And it's a uh-huh. little sexual. It's not like getting lucky. And they're like, yeah. it's a little <laughs> sexualized. And like, why are we watching sexualized female Chipmunks? Right there, it's kind of, and then Britney does the whole Elvis lip thing too, and yeah. But overall, because I remember the Chipmunks, um, I used to have their tapes. Um, I don't know if I even liked music at this age, but I remember just being obsessed with the Chipmunks covers. So like, they would release a tape of classic songs sung by the Chipmunks, and I had all of those. I was obsessed. Like, remember when you're a kid, when you're young, and you want something, and you just tell your parents, and maybe they buy it for you, like which doesn't happen. To, at 30 or however old we are now. (laughs) It's like, I want that. Okay. 
Yeah, for me, I like I want to say I don't think I owned um, you know, like any of the soundtracks or anything like that, but I had this movie. And this movie, like watching it again, it kind of and I don't remember this to be factual, but I want to say that I had this uh the re- the recording on a tape. So, and at night I would listen to it on my Walkman going to bed. And Yeah, I feel like I've done that too. Yeah, because there's just because okay, see, so you said you've done that before. There's when when you record something and put it on a tape and you listen to it, you know, at night to go to bed, you pick up on like different sound effects, right? Because you're not really focusing on the dialogue like you would watching the film. You're you're kind of now you're you're kind of left to imagine everything being played out, right? So you kind of pick up on different sound effects and things like that, and certain things kind of popped a little bit more watching this um, movie for the review and it kind of made me think like it was just one of the movies that I would record onto tape and just listen at night and I I think it was and uh, I've always been a big fan of music too and so that that would kind of make sense for me so at least I don't feel weird being like the only one that you know records things on tape so that's something you did too huh? I forgot all about that I even had like Chipmunks toys I don't think I did. Yeah, uh, I was like obsessed. I don't know why. Was there? There must. I don't know. Yeah, I remember being like just a hundred percent all about the chipmunks. Well, they've been around since like the the sixties. You know. I don't think I knew that. I actually, I that was new to me to learn that like recently. I was like, oh, okay. Well, it's funny because I used to be obsessed with the Muppets and the chipmunks, and I've kind of come back around with my love of the Muppets, but not as much with my love of the chipmunks. Okay, a uh, question for you. Animated um, chipmunks or Muppet Babies? Whew. I haven't seen a Muppet Baby in years. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go chipmunks just because I haven't seen Muppet Babies. But I remember loving Muppet Babies a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the chipmunks an edge just because of the, the music covers that they do. Yeah, um, they the, had really good music. And the one thing that I kind of didn't like about Muppet Babies, and it's weird because this is what they did on the show, was when they incorporated, um, you know, uh, fo- live footage from like TV shows, movies, or what have you. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I wonder if you could find Muppet Babies anywhere online. Oh man, I'm sure. You, I'm sure you could just pull up YouTube and and check out a couple episodes. But I never even thought to do that. I think I'm gonna just because I gotta see it. It's been so long. Yeah. Um, Feel free to to pull it up uh, while I talk through the movie or something just to see if there is anything online. I'll check right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dave is getting ready to leave the house on a business trip uh, to Europe. I don't think they say what the trip is actually actually is because when I, when I was a kid, I didn't know it was a business trip. I just thought it was a vacation he was taking because the times that we see him in Europe, he's just – it's, it looks like it's for leisure, right? He's just walking around. <laughs> you know, he's really not really not uh, doing anything business-related. Um, but it looks like Theodore packed him some food. Simon planned and organized a trip for him. You know, kind of mapped out some, some um, uh, landmarks for him to check out, things of that nature. Uh, and the boys, they're going to stay behind. Alvin seems to be the only one who wants to go. And uh, they hired Mrs. Miller... Or Dave hired Mrs. Miller to Mrs. Miller. What do you think of Mrs. Miller? The worst baby. So you, I don't have children, but you have children. Would you ever hire her? I mean, this woman is such a fool that she could fall for that uh, a fake recording of a voicemail to let their kids get a, to go travel to Europe. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, I, I think it's what pretty funny. Well, the, the thing is, she's hard of hearing. I, I think that's the, <laughs> you know, one of the things oh. a babysitter should, should be really good at hearing, you know. Um, he just hires her basically just to be there because she doesn't really do anything. They kind of feed themselves. I mean, I know we get the, uh, the scene where, um, you know, she's like looking through the cupboard and pulling things out for breakfast, but they're already eating, so I don't know. I don't but, know what she's doing. But Dave, I know. I wonder what Dave does for business that would make him go to Europe. I'm not sure, but do you think this is the first time he's left them alone? No, with all their hijinks, they must have gotten out of. Okay. But like, what kind of uh, the chip bats? Do they have parents? They don't. Um, they actually get adopted by Mrs. Miller. And I was trying That's to. That's right. I was trying to remember if that happened in this movie, which it didn't. And so it must have happened in one of the um, the episodes on the on the cartoon. Uh, yeah, I wonder. This is gonna be such a weird thing to say. I wonder if this movie is canon. I, I wonder if there is an Alvin and Chipmunks canon. First off, but like, I wonder if it goes in, in sequence with the cartoon. Um, I want. I want to say it. I think it would. I, I think it would because I mean, you see Mrs. Miller, and they obviously know who she is. And I don't think a lot of people know, but the Chipettes, their last name is Miller. So I didn't I, know that. Yeah, and and so it's canon. Now, do you have to watch the cartoons to enjoy this movie? I don't think so. But I don't think you could if you wanted to, right? Do they exist anywhere? Uh, you might be Maybe able to I find something to. on Netflix. I mean, I, I think you mentioned that there's a couple movies on, on Netflix. Yeah, because this, this movie wasn't available on Netflix, but yeah. uh, we watched it legally. It's fine. Yeah. So, but but the but the Chipettes, you you don't get a sense that they are related at all to Mrs. Miller. Yeah. They and it, you know what? One thing I always now looking back, it's a little odd, is that all the Chipmunks have and the Chimpans have, like they all have identical personalities. So Brittany is Alvin, and like for and for Theodore and Simon, there's like a female counterpoint for each of them, but they all have crushes on their counterpart. Like you yeah. know. And I, I like how Theodore and Eleanor or Teddy and Eleanor uh, Roosevelt. Basically. Oh, that's so cute. That's where they got and the name. I think um, Brittany Miller is her real name, who I've just learned. Uh, the Chimpat might be the reason I never liked the name Brittany. <laughs> you think so? And I, but- and I know people named Brittany that are wonderful and I love. It's just like. She's such a Britney, right? <laughs> like she fits. <laughs> when I remember, I forgot their names, and she's like, "Oh, this is Britney." I was like, "Fucking Britney!" You know, and uh, and the Alvin name really, never really caught on uh, because you know Britney ended up being that popular girl, you know, kind of name, right? But yeah, but uh, Alvin did not. Yeah, Alvin didn't catch on so much. But w- what do you think it is with like TV shows and cartoons having like the popular one be kind of? kind of bad you know like think of say by the bell where zach morris is oh my god of... i was gonna say alvin is the zach morris of the crew yeah so what do you what do you think it's it is about that do you, do you think it is they they make the decision to make the character like that because kids secretly want to kind of be bad yeah i think so because i think i always wanted to be alvin which i don't think i i was more of a simon and a theodore had a baby but i think alvin's like who you want to be like Theodore is always anxious and nervous and doesn't want to do fun stuff. But, you know, they kind of want to, and that's where they go along with it. Simon's always like, I'll go with you, but that's only because I want to make sure you stay out of trouble. But there must be this part of everyone that just wants to not have responsibility and just do whatever the hell they want and then go on adventures. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it, but I I always did kind of want to be Alvin growing up when I was a kid. And the other two people that I, you know, kind of... 
for lack of a better word, idolized was Zach Morris and Will Smith. Yep, fresh friends. So, well, and then also Uncle Jesse from Full House, just because of the hair. You know, I, I, I have had mercy. A, Come on, <laughs> and you know well, Rebecca was his wife. So great about Uncle Jesse too, though he's the while well, he's the badass of the three in the episode where we meet his uh, twin Greek brother from the Greek islands. Mm-hmm. He's a scumbag. So then you're like, he's a badass, but he's got a good heart. So that's like, all right, right, right. Um. Let's see here. The the chipmunks and chipettes. They're uh, specifically Alvin and Brittany. They're dueling against each other uh, on an arcade game in a cafe. It looks like. Um, How weird is that? There's these two like, what I believe to be use Eastern European criminal masterminds trying to move diamonds, and they would <laughs> trust these children, chipette things, to get in a hot air balloon, yeah, and go try to. Uh, I, I don't know it. I think diamonds was like code for drugs, basically. <laughs> could be, yeah. It uh, dolls that look just like them, like it, that. You could tell that was like product placement. Be like, oh my god, if we make these dolls, then we can mark, we can license it, and oh, like, yeah. You, that's, that's all I was thinking. It's like they're just trying to make some money. Yeah, well, there's definitely some product placement in here. Uh, surprisingly, I, I caught two things in here, and we'll definitely, uh, I'll bring that up as we get to them. But yeah, we meet Claudia and Klaus uh, first. Firstine, Firstine, I forget. Firstine, I think it's Steen. Uh, I wanted to see if that meant anything, but I I, I didn't look it up. Um, but yeah, they're brother and sister, and uh, they're sitting at a booth and they're talking about how um, they they have a hundred thousand dollars around the world that they are trying to collect, and uh, they have diamonds that they need to deliver, and they have no one to do it right, um, and. Coincidentally, you got the you know the chipmunks and chipettes playing this balloon race game, you know, going um, kind of foreshadowing like all the different places that they're going to go too, which is kind of funny. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, Surf Ninjas, you know, with the Game Gear. Did you ever watch that movie? No. Uh, you, did you don't um, do you at least know uh, or heard about Surf Ninjas? No, I'm so okay. sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I know what Game Boy is. Yeah, it was a Game Gear in the movie. Um, Surf Ninjas starred uh, Ernie Reyes Jr., who played Kino in the second Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, Kino! Yeah, okay, so he stars in this movie, and this is also probably the first movie where I saw Rob Schneider in, too. Uh, where he, he's actually, he looks like a, like a white, um, like a red-headed white kid. And I found out later on that Rob Schneider is actually half Filipino. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he does not look at it uh, look like it at all. Um, but Rob Schneider is also in this movie, and um, basically Ernie Reyes Jr. Him and his brother, they are found to be some kind of um, long lost princes, you know, from some country or whatever. And they, uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. has like the uh, you know like super martial arts ability or whatever, and his brother has almost. Um, What's that word for being able to tell the future? It's not tele, tele something, isn't it? Or psychic? Si- yeah, tele. Yeah, psychic. Telekinesis. I, I don't. Know. That sounds like moving things with your mind. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but not sure. but yeah. So he 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 could kind of teleportation. No, that's that's kind of that's, that's nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah, but the brother he can see. He plays uh plays things out on the Game Gear. He can see things happening like seconds ahead and and is able to kind of use that from the game gear and and kind of you know guide them through 
you know, being jumped by bad guys or something, you know, the, he'll see something about to happen to them on the Game Gear, and they can avoid it because he can tell the future by looking at the Game Gear. So it's, it's <laughs> I guess it's hard to explain if you've never seen it, but that kind of reminded me of this. Like, they're playing this video game, this arcade, and it's, it's basically telling them exactly what's going to happen later on in this movie. They're going to go on a hot air balloon. They're going to get... Um, uh, they're gonna go to some kind of forest where a bunch of guys are throwing arrows and spears at them, you know. Yeah. So that 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 really foreshadows this entire movie, and I just thought that was really interesting. But um, but Brittany ends up winning, and it, it basically pisses off Alvin. He's like, you know, if this was real life and I had the money, I could totally beat you. And uh, the the first the first Steins they overhear, and uh, Claudia, the sister, she. It's the brilliant idea that no one would suspect kids, you know, delivering diamonds for money, you know, around the world. Now, where, why is there no other adults around <laughs> to hear these uh, adults, you know, approach these kids with a uh, a wager? Basically, kind of reminded me of like trading places, where they're they're gonna have a side bet, you know, for for these two groups here. What did you think about their? Um, their their plan and um obviously the brother is is kind of us right he he's like look this this is not a good plan at all they're kids what are you doing you know and the sisters they're not even children they're like oversized chipmunks that talk (laughs) and they're the only six of them that exist in the universe and somehow they're all friends and live next to each other (laughs) yeah how old do you think they are like in human age yeah they're like 10, middle 12? school age maybe maybe 12 then maybe 12 and like i'm trying to think are they in school in the show i don't remember the show very well but no i don't know like i'm more afraid that those people are pedophiles if anything <laughs> like right like why are you talking to a 12 year old don't don't do that if it's not your child child if you have no reason to talk to uh, a young child you shouldn't because it's creepy yeah. and why would you trust them with that kind of money and and then even think a hot air balloon across the world is a safe idea. Like, what? Oh, my God. This whole movie's got so many holes in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of things could definitely happen. But um, ultimately, they decide to go with the, um, with, with the kids, basically, is because some guy named Jamal knows, like, all their associates and stuff. Right, we don't know exactly who Jamal is yet, but they, you know, Claudia, she drops the line that, you know, Jamal knows everybody that they work with, so it's harder for them. And um, in... So Claudia has a dog named Sophie, uh, which is which they're very mean to that dog. Cl- well, Claus, uh, Claus, 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 Claus. He's mean to the dog, and that's kind of weird too. It's it, it. I I wonder why the decision is made um, to make them brother and sister and not husband and wife. Did Did you think about that at all? No, maybe to release some of this, so there's no like weird sexual tension. <laughs> Could be. Um, but what do you think about them smoking in the cafe? Because I think it's probably that's some... such a a thing from the eighties. Because you could you could do that back then, right? And they got kids there too. But usually, yeah. I thought you could smoke in bars. So I don't know. I just well, you it was funny. You, I don't know when that changed, but there was a time where you could smoke like everywhere, everywhere. And then uh, by the time I grew up, but yeah, I think. Probably if I don't know if that movie is actually set place in eighty seven, but there was a time where like that would be very feasible that people would smoke in a restaurant or a bar like or a cafe. That's a very that sound. I mean, that's a very realistic thing. Not anymore, which I at least in America, which I think is great because I hate cigarettes. 
Yeah. I don't like the smell of them. Exactly. Um, yeah, but I was like, yeah. That's I, fun. Uh, That's such like – it's like when you watch Ma- – I don't watch Mad Men, but when I've seen Mad Men, it's like they're smoking everywhere. Right, right. It's I, like that same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, that used to be how it was. I, I actually enjoy Mad Men. I'm a little behind um, for the seasons, but it's it's definitely a slow burn. And um, but the story development, it's it's really really good. If if you like the drama type stuff, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, Klaus screwed up the last deal, and you know because he underestimated Jamal last time, so they keep bringing. Did this you guy find up. that name Jamal was a little like undertone of racism? I didn't find that racism, but uh, you know, like uh, the, the undertone of racism. But I thought, I thought everyone it was else a in that movie name. was. Everyone, they're either chipmunks. Everyone else is white, uh, and all the criminals are either foreign or uh, black. Or and when they show like the people in like native tribes and like I think they're supposed to be in like some con- some country in Africa. So I, I but I don't even know that that's like uh, the creators and their undertone of racism. I think that's just this. That's just kind of how people were, things were, right? Right? Like you know, it's just they would never even think of it. Yeah. Um, they, uh, the first teens, they said that they'll provide the balloons and give the, uh... Wait, what were their names? The first teens? Yeah, first teens, or, f- yeah. First... Yeah, that's definitely, a, like, a mock Jewish name, right? First teens? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm thinking German. Oh, that's true. Because of, uh, Klaus, and, um... Klaus, yeah, Klaus first Yeah, first is, uh, spelled F-U-R, so I was thinking, like, Führer. <laughs> Führerstein. <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, I feel like the Swedish chef on the Muppets Furstein. Yeah, um, yeah, they'll they'll give the the winners a hundred thousand. Um, basically, why would you even pay these children anything? Exactly, and I'm surprised. You obviously don't give a shit about their lives. Of all people, Simon doesn't like question it. You know, the the one who uh, you know is supposed to be more grounded and you know self aware of things. I guess I don't know. So, but yeah, well, that I, seems fair. Just go in a hot air balloon around the world and transport these illegal diamonds and. Risk your life. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's cool 12-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, let's see. We, we get the scene where we kind of alluded to earlier where uh, they try to pull a fast one on Dave. They call him at 3 a.m. his time, and they want him to say, you know, uh, um, specific words. That way they can edit later to uh, play back for Mrs. Miller, basically pretending uh, it's the real Dave allowing giving them permission to to go off and you know do what they needed to do i don't think it actually specifically says right what they were going to go do but oh yeah he was going to have the boys go meet him up in uh where he's at exactly i actually thought that was very clever on their part and this is the day of analog so they actually had to cut and slice eat the tape to do that yeah very clever on their part but that's that's the beauty of the chipmunks they're pretty smart like alvin might be a little bit of a handful but he's very smart when he's got the support and and or Simon's the smarter of the two, you know what I mean? So like, right. they say they're not on board. I mean, Theodore's nervous, but he wants to do it, right? Like, yeah. there are so many steps in this where like, you know how hard it would be to get away in, in a hot air balloon at the age of twelve and travel the world for legal diamonds for the for uh, hardened criminals. Simon and Theodore want to do it, and so do the chimpettes. They're all they got that evil spirit in them, right? Uh, we get a quick scene uh, of them having breakfast, and they play that tape back for Mrs. Miller, and she she thinks Dave's drunk because there was a couple uh, uh, a couple of hiccups uh, um, during the uh, playback, right? That one t- actually I think Theodore plays it 
backwards by mistake the first time, and then the second time he plays it like a half speed slow. Um, so yeah, Mrs. Miller takes that for Dave being drunk. But this is where I saw, weird enough, a Honey Nut Cheerios cereal box. <laughs> wow, product so, placement looks yeah, best. I, I thought that was really weird to see that because it's a cartoon, so I've, I've never seen an actual brand in, 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 in a cartoon like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she, she, Mrs. Miller, she ends up buying it and, and then we go to, um, the meetup, right? Where everyone's ready to take off. Uh, oh, the chipmunks are late, of yeah, course. They, they don't say how late they are, but they're definitely running behind. And, uh, Simon wants their, uh, first things to, uh, reconsider, get a comical scene there of them Yeah, but that's off. like, I'm like, Simon, like, don't ask them for permission. Just, just don't go. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, the, the worst that would happen is they leave him behind, I guess. <laughs> He's like, what's well, something could happen to Alvin? I'm like, yeah, but you'd be alive. Yeah. Um, I, I like to see. So, so they take off uh, in separate hot air balloons, you know, boys and girls. And I, I like the part. Uh, Simon, just a bunch of bad stuff just happens to him. He, he, he gets on the outside of the balloon, so he doesn't even jump in fully. And there's uh, so they're taking off, and then he. They, what they fly over like a fountain, so he gets all wet, and then all of a sudden they collide with the chipettes, and then Simon gets smashed in between the two hot air balloons. <laughs> oh, that was classic funny. Simon. Yeah. Uh, the next scene we get uh, Claudia. She's on the phone uh, with someone, and basically it tells us again that uh, the chipmunks and chipettes are exchanging dolls with with diamonds for dolls with money, um, and they sus- suspect someone else is on the phone. Um, Klaus, he's playing with Sophie. Now, here's the other product placement. Do you remember what kind of socks that um, Sophie was chewing on of Klaus's? No. Pierre Cardin. Is that a real brand? It is a real brand. It's uh, it's French, obviously. Um, it's actually, here's a fun fact here. Um, Back to the Future, in some parts of the country, I forget where, Calvin Klein, they don't know who that is, right? Because, um, you know, Calvin Klein is his alias in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And so in other parts of the country, Calvin Klein isn't well-known, so he goes by Pierre Cardin. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and I think I know that because I've seen the movie in French, I want to say. I Oh, wow. Well, when it first came out on DVD, you were able to watch it in, like, different uh, audio you know, settings, you know, like, uh, different languages. And I would do that just for fun because... I know the movie like the back of my hand, so I I just wanted to hear what they sound like speaking uh, other languages. And yeah, I've done that before. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, and I took French in high school too for four years of. French. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so I was able to pick some things up, you know, without like English subtitles. So, and and I didn't need the subtitles because I was like, well, let's just see what I understand. But I know the dialogue anyway, so that's kind of fun. But so Pierre Cardin socks was dropped in here, so that was very interesting. Um, we see that the uh, first thing, first things that they have a server named Mario. He was on the phone listening in, um, and he calls Jamal. So this is where we meet Jamal, uh, and we see Jamal send two thugs, um, one after each of the group of the, uh, you know, one after the chipmunks, one after the chipettes. Uh, they kind of reminded me of like. Bebop and Rocksteady a little bit. They're kind of big and muscular. Obviously, before they turned into the Warthog and the uh, Rhino. Um, we see the girls get hit with a hurricane. Simon told Jeanette earlier, you know, about the forecast, but um, Brittany thought that he was lying. 
but come on, Brittany, like of all people, you think Simon would lie? You know what I mean? Like a you, Simon of all people. Yeah, you, you would think that of Alvin, maybe. But I, I just thought that she was a little too. Well, that's because to... Brittany's the same as Alvin, right? Uh, yes. The number, the, the go, like they're very petty, <laughs> petty and just like narcissistic, almost personality of just, just very competitive. And actually, I like that about the Chimpettes of how they have identical uh, personalities to each one of them because it doesn't show like. The female characters are equal to the male characters with yes. their flaws and successes. Very so Brittany's Alvin, and it's yeah. So and yeah, but I don't yeah. like her. I don't. But the thing <laughs> is, I, I. But you know, here's the weird thing: is I remember not liking Brittany, but loving Alvin. But now looking back, I don't like either of them. They're the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what was wrong with me as a kid? Like, why did I not like? Well, maybe I, I don't think I remember had more. I don't think I had as memories of the Chimpettes because they weren't in the cartoons till later. I, yeah, well, I think. I could be wrong. No, you no, you're right. And you, you know why you gravitated towards Alvin more? Because I'm a uh, he was marketed at me. Well, no, because he's a boy. Like you know, when yeah. we were young, you, you know, we wanted to be like Alan because he's cool and he's a boy. You, yeah, you didn't want to be Brittany, you know, even though yeah, she had the true. same personality. So the boys arrive to Mexico uh, first, and they land their balloon in the trees. Uh, their first exchange is at uh, some restaurant called the Cluck and Taco, and it's a success. Uh, and this is where they have their first uh, music um, scene at some kind of annual fest, uh, fiesta. You know, for I Mexico. didn't like that song that much. I didn't care for it either. You know, I um, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, and I do remember liking the music. But when this came on, I go, yeah, you know, does not hold up. So I agree with you there. But the music does get better. It does. Uh, we see a quick scene of Claudia. Uh, she's on her bike, and she gets a call from the man in Mexico, just basically informing her that the boys had, um, you know, made their exchange and left. Uh, then we see the girls. They go scuba diving in a sunken ship. Uh, I oh, think... that weird dude just shows up out of nowhere. Oh, that's takes uh, that's Aquaman. <laughs> oh, that's Aquaman. <laughs> it's Aquaman. I didn't know that. Clearly, Marvel. Mar- <laughs> Uh, Marvel, DC. Uh, makes, DC. Oh, DC makes their way into this. Yeah, cl- clearly that's a uh, uh, Aquaman that they meet down there who takes him to a sunken ship, which is actually kind of cool, but it's a sunken ship. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brittany almost gets attacked. Was it Brittany that gets attacked by the uh, shark, or was it Eleanor? I know Brittany loses her oxygen tank. What's the other one, Jeanette? Jeanette's the blue. I think it was Jeanette. Okay, and Brittany saved her? Yeah. Oh, that's I right. Think... Yeah, because she takes the uh, oxygen tank and puts it in the shark's mouth. I like Jeanette though. She, I think she's the most sensible of the whole gang. I, I think you have a thing for girls with glasses. <laughs> it, that, that's not untrue. <laughs> okay, uh, we get a montage of the uh, of both the chipmunks and the chipettes uh, on their journey through different landmarks around the world, which I, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, to, you know, to kind of show uh, how many different stops they made and not having to really show us, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, kind of miss montages, really. Um, uh, the Muppets, I believe, the, the, the Jason Segel Muppets movie when they do travel by map. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first scenes uh, and Sophie, they're floating uh, in the pool, and uh, Mario tells Claudia... Uh, she has a call. Uh, so basically, she's getting an update on the chipmunks and the chipettes. And Klaus, uh, he's messing with Sophie. Uh, did, did you happen to notice what um, uh, Klaus was drinking? No. While he was floating. It, it was kind of weird. Um, he was drinking a Bloody Mary. <laughs> oh, Klaus. So just just the detail, you know, in the in the drawing, uh, he he's holding, you know, a uh, you know a glass with an orange beverage and a celery in it. 
And I just thought that was very interesting. You know, it, uh, I, I, I guess it, it kind of, um, it, what, I guess it's supposed to say that the rich drinks Bloody Marys. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you, do you drink Bloody Marys? No, I think they're disgusting. <laughs> do you I like think them? they're, I do. I do. It, the funny thing is, I've never really liked, uh, tomatoes growing up. Well, I wouldn't mind eating a tomato, but I prefer it not on a hot burger. You know, I'll, I'll have yeah, diced yeah. tomato in salads. I like you know, tomato um, mostly with cheese, like um, like bruschetta or like okay. chop, chopped up tomatoes with some vinaigrette and mozzarella. What um, about uh, like on a sub sandwich, like a cold sub? Yeah, a cold sub, yeah. yeah. But a hot yeah, sandwich, see, like, get the fucking tomato off here. Right, right. What, what are we it, doing? Like, I guess... I I guess the only time I would uh, I wouldn't mind a tomato on something hot is a pizza. Yeah, like uh, to- like oh, a yeah, roast, yeah, roasted like, um, tomatoes on a pizza. Yeah, like a margarita pizza. Mm, I I may have had one and not known that it was called that. Yeah, it has like sliced full slices of tomato on it. Like it's okay. Good. Yeah, but uh, I I never really cared for tomato until I had my first Bloody Mary. Uh, Probably at the age of 21. I think one of my friends just brought a mix over. You know, it was a really nice mix. And, you know, you add the vodka and and then the, uh, um, uh, oh, the olives. I'm drawing a blank there. Yeah, but the, the green olives. And I was like, you know, this is actually not bad. And since then on, you know, I kind of made it a point to wherever I go, I kind of always order like the, the house special just to see who has the best um, Bloody Marys. And as far as chain restaurants go, I like Olive Garden. They have a pretty pretty mean um, Bloody Mary. What so, time of day is it when Klaus is drinking this uh, Bloody Mary? Oh, it was it was daytime because they they were sitting out Oof. in the pool floating. It's not, and it's not all, <laughs> he's not at Olive Garden, so he's not at Olive Garden for sure. Wow. He's he's just floating with Sophie and he's drinking a, a Bloody Mary. Well, I feel like uh, if you're going to endanger these children's lives, you might as well have a Bloody Mary at noon. When's the earliest you recall ever being introduced to Bloody Mary? Not like personally, but like whether it was seeing it on film or seeing a family member drink it. You know what's weird? I feel like they were one of those drinks that I always knew what they were because it had the celery stick in it. Okay. So maybe like yeah. I'm, I'm, it must be like early cartoons, so maybe Simpsons. For me, it was the movie Clifford. Did you ever see that? There was a Clifford movie. No, not the dog. Uh, it, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, it was called Clifford, and it starred Martin Short playing a 10-year-old kid. Oh, wow. I'd see that. And uh, Charles Grodin was his uncle. I would totally see that. I loved Martin yeah. Short. Yeah, Martin Short, he play, he plays a, a kid, and he's he's on his knees most of the time. But if you see him from – I actually uh, talked to Phoenix about this on a, on a um, previous uh, review that we've done. Uh, and he he actually joked at the same thing. He's like, oh, the the movie about the red dog. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Martin Short's on his knees most of the time. But if it's if it's um, if his character is shown from the back, it's a stand-in kid, you know, playing that role. <laughs> and, I love that visual uh, gag. That's incredible. Yeah, he's a menacing like little nephew that that happens to get dropped off with Charles Grodin and uh, uh, Mary Steenburgen is his fiance or girlfriend in, in that movie. Uh, but anyway, there's there's a scene where uh, again Martin Short is terrorizing his uncle throughout the entire movie, right? He's just this pesty little kid, and uh, there's a scene where um, uh, Charles Grodin orders like a Bloody Mary, and then when he wasn't looking, Martin Short like pours it out and then replaces it with Tabasco, <laughs> and uh, and then Charles Grodin's like giving this speech like in front of like a bunch of dinner guests, and he takes a sip out of his uh, Bloody Mary, and it's just all Tabasco, <laughs> and you can imagine how that went. Um, <laughs> 
but it's a, it's a very interesting movie. Uh, it's it's not like like a like a comedy classic or anything, but I, I think it's worth a watch just to see Martin Short play a kid. Um, James and Gordon, you know, what, Gordon. He sounds familiar. Grodin. Grodin. Uh, Charles Grodin. Um, I might have misspoke his name. Uh, uh, he. No, I think it was just me. Okay. Um, did you ever watch the Robert Downey Jr. comedy romance, um, Heart and Souls? No. Oh, you got to check that one out. That's okay, actually pretty good. I'm pretty, pretty bad. Good. I'm more of a TV person, I think I'm finding out. <laughs> so so you remember Elizabeth Shue? Uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth Shue. Ooh, she was, I, yeah, you know, Avengers and Babysitting, uh, Karate Kid. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's the love interest in this one. And Robert Downey Jr., he plays a kid who, uh, when he was born, these four people died on the bus. So simultaneously, these people died, and, and he is born. And uh, that happened in the, I want to say, 60s or whatever. And then, so these four ghosts, they get stuck with Robert Downey Jr. as a kid. And they don't know it until he's a, a full-grown man, but they were supposed to use his body as a vehicle to kind of right their wrongs so they can go into the afterlife. And uh, and Charles Grodin is one of the spirits. Uh, also, you got like Tom Sizemore, Alfre Woodard, and uh, who else was in there? Uh, but you know, it's a it's a comedy romance, so it, it's uh, I, I, I think that's worth a watch. Yeah, that, that's that's one of my favorites. Uh, that, that's something something I, I hope to review in the future. But um, you know, check, check definitely check that out. Uh, I got to keep a wow. learning tab of all the movies I need to watch now. Well, um, need to watch. I, I would say if you like a good rom-com, I would throw Heart and Souls in there. Uh, but uh, Clifford, that's not a must-see. But if it's streaming on Netflix and you happen to be up like, yeah, what's there to watch? And you see it? Okay, check it out then. Yeah, I find but, I'll do that. Like HBO Go will always have these, like, uh, I don't know, they're 90, late 80s, early 90s movies of right. I, that I had never saw or knew existed. So then I try to watch and I'll watch them like – like when um, Craig Kilborn was like the it guy, he did something about like the U.S. Postal Service, like letters to God or something like that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah gotta yeah. watch it. Um, not very good. That's the one about the kid with cancer, right? No, I I don't even think it had anything that interesting. I think he like was kind of a fuck up and then gets a job at the post office for community service, and then tries to help each person who puts something into the mail to make oh, their great. Wish Truly. This is Greg Kinnear, you said? Greg Kinnear? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, Greg okay, Kinnear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dear God. Dear God, yes, that's what it's called. Yeah, Never think, knew it existed when it came out. Yeah, and that's actually not bad. I mean, because I don't know if you know, but I'm a mailman. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, is, yeah, it, uh, uh, true, is it true, then, to your job? Uh, well, do, see, Do you he, answer letters to God for people? No, no I don't. Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, uh, Greg Kinnear's character worked in a dead letter department. Yes. I don't know. I don't know how they operate, but I know there's a dead letter department, and I don't think they go in their opening. I, I think that was just made for the movie, yeah. where they're like, "Well, you know, let's open up letters and answer the whatever." It was because, a sweet movie. Because I mean. <laughs> Because opening up people's letters is still a federal offense, yeah. and again, I don't know what the dead letter department does, but there is such a thing. Um, but during Christmas time, kids write to Santa all the time, and we collect those, and then we consolidate those, and that gets shipped to wherever where there's people that do answer those and you know get toys for these kids and things like that. Oh, that's so, really nice. I never knew yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah, the postal, postal service, service does that. Yeah, just just you know, just write North Pole, and we collect them uh, um, around the winter time. I so, totally do that, and uh, I will continue to support our U.S. Postal Service. 
Fuck yes, UPS. please do. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? People say what they want about the post office, but uh, those—I mean, there's other people saying the same thing about the other uh, other co- companies. But you know, we're still the ones that go door to door all across the country. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and it's uh, it's a struggle. You know, being the mailman. People don't know what ha- be- happens behind the scenes. No. They just kind of um, they just. Their image of the postal service is just how they have been treated and what they have seen. You know, they they don't know about the other stuff because, like my customers, they love me. I see the same people every day. You know, I've been on the same route for three and a half years. That's so um, cool. I bet you're super nice too. Like you probably talk to people. I do. I, I'm pretty friendly. Um, just because uh, I walk door to door, so I don't drive. You know, so I have an older neighborhood where um, where I have to walk. You know, from each porch, you know, where they have the boxes. Because uh, the newer neighborhoods, they have, you know, what's like the collection box units. Yeah, that's where I grew up in one of those. Yeah. See, so, so it's now, funny. We get everything door to door. Right. So, some people, like, they move on to my route and they'll be like, where's the mailbox at? I go, it's on your porch. <laughs> and they go, oh, I'm not used to that. That's weird. And so, you know, I get to meet people. I get to kind of, um, uh, I get used to like uh, their. I know their subscriptions, so I know what to expect around you know certain weeks or certain times of the month. Uh, and and there's uh, there's you know young couples that move onto my route where I get to meet them, and then they have a baby, and I get to see their kids grow. So it's That's it's really a really cool. yeah, I find the job really rewarding. And you know you don't get that with like the UPS man, the FedEx man. They no, they just park. Dicks. Well, they park in front of your house and they just drop off a package and go. So at least with my job, I get to meet the same people every single day, and I know them. Yeah. You know, I get to know them personally. Um, I also deliver to a really old retired couple, um, and they are season ticket holders for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, the basketball team. And uh, every year they give me uh, like preseason tickets. You know, just a, a free Holy game shit. that. Yeah, that they probably wouldn't go to. Um, so that, that's always nice. So doing what I do, walking from porch to porch, uh, has its incentives, you know. Oh, and yeah, um, man. I, around Christmas I, I support time, public service, and I worked for nonprofits for a number of years. And like, I'm I'm pro I'm I'm pro a lot of the good stuff of government. There's a lot of stuff in our government I dislike, but libraries, postal service, that kind of stuff. I'm all about social services. Hell yeah. yeah, I support and, that shit. And there's a uh, misconception too that um, the post office is operated by taxpayers' money, but it's not. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny it's on when the you stands. see those like talking heads on TV saying mis in in like it just it's like it's it's so hard to argue with someone who's wrong from the core, and you're right. just like I'm done. I'm just I'm walking away. We're yeah. under a dictatorship. Like no, we're, <laughs> we're not. Yeah. You can criticize Obama all you want, but at least criticize him for the things that he's worth criticizing over, not your made-up bullshit that makes no sense. Sure. <laughs> well, how did we go here oh. from chipmunks? Well, I mean, air, <laughs> hot air balloons. I'm sure postmen maybe used hot air balloons at one point. No, that's probably not true. Um, that would seem like a real well, waste of resources. Well, you know what? We, we do deliver uh, packages. You know, perhaps there's diamonds and money in them. We don't know. Yeah, you know, um, but so <laughs> I won't incriminate myself too much. But I've received stuff in the mail that isn't always been legal in my youth. <laughs> yeah, I never sent yeah. anything out illegal, but I had people send me stuff that I should not have had. Yeah, am I gonna get so, for that? Probably not. Uh, well, if it's the past and you know there's no paper trail, I'm, I'm sure you're good to yeah. go. Well, yeah, it was like ten years. <laughs> you might be ago. all right. <laughs> I just want to make myself sound cooler than I am. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's <laughs> so get back here. 
No, I, I enjoy tangents. Sometimes I wonder, like, well, how the heck do we get here? Oh, um, that's my entire show. It's just sometimes I'll have something written out, be like, here's what we should talk about. And then sometimes if I know the guests beforehand or I, I feel like I know their voice well from hearing them, I don't write down anything. And I'm like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. No, I, I think that's how we did it on your show, too. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I knew much. I just, like... I don't know. Oh, yeah, I had listened to your show first, so I heard your voice. If I hear someone's voice, and I'm like, all right, I feel like there's a familiarity, so I kind of I think of some stuff to hit in my head. Yeah. It makes yeah. it easier if, if someone has a podcast or has been on a podcast, because then it's just like, you know, it's weird. You get you build up these relationships with people. It's very strange. Like, you know, I know I don't know these people, but it sure can feel like you do. Uh-huh. Like, I've been no, listening absolutely. to, like, Nerdist for, like, four years now. It's... You know... I, I know a lot of people listen to him, but um, I've listened to like maybe two episodes, and uh, one of them, see, one of them I don't remember, but the the other one was Christopher Lloyd, you know, Doc Brown, oh, that's and then a good that's one. the that's yeah. only reason I listened to him. He was a little quiet, Doc Brown. He was, yeah, he was, he wasn't so funny either. Yes, <laughs> mostly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it wasn't. It was interesting, but it wasn't. Um, it was. It wouldn't be one to be like, "Hey, Back to the Future fans, listen to Christopher Lloyd." Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think he really put anything out that was kind of yeah, yeah, uh, that interesting. Really, episode, yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah, so I, it, it's fine. I, I, I'm more of a movie, TV, podcast kind of guy anyway. I feel like uh, podcasting I, I, is kind of becoming like music, where the the podcast universe is so huge. Now right. you can find your niche. Exactly. Like, I think I have the basic chat show. Like that's kind of the basic format, and that's kind of what I what I think I can do. And then you can find your niche of every. I mean, automotive, anything you could think of. There's a podcast for it now. Right. Oh yeah. I okay. just it's expanding. found one um, the other day. Literally, actually, probably on Sunday after I had talked to you that day. So I listened to it. yeah. All right. So I found this on Monday. Uh, called everything comes everything's coming up podcast. And it's these two really funny comedians. I forget their names, uh, but they're hilarious. And they have guests I also enjoy. And they review an episode of The Simpsons. And there's two female oh. comedians. I think one's a musician, one's a comedian. And they're obsessed. Like, they're just the biggest Simpsons nerds ever. And I think I saw DC Pearson was on it. So I listened to one episode, and now I'm just hooked. Because I love oh. The Simpsons. But so, like, now I'm kind of going into some more niche podcasting. And I was like, yeah, I want to find podcasts about TV shows I love. And, yeah. The rabbit hole begins. Right, right. Yeah, I uh, love me some Simpsons. I mean, I think we discussed on your show oh. that the uh, the creator is from Portland. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. My backup goal right now is to eventually start a podcast about, like, The Simpsons or, like, a TV show and then do, like, what they're doing. But I don't want to do any of the work. I just would like to co-host a show like that and have the other person <laughs> real work. I don't think I'll ever yeah. really do it because one podcast is enough time consumption for our and like you, like people are like, oh, it's not that much work. I'm like, it's not like much work, but I also have like a full time job and a wife and like a life outside of podcasting, like a oh, very no. active I, and busy I, life outside of this. I completely agree. I mean, I I know I know a guy who's got like four, you know. Um, wow. But yeah, Is and, he making and he's, any money? Uh, I don't know. I I've, I've never asked. Um, I just don't feel like it's my place to ask about I'm that just type because I've gotten yeah. to the point where I'm now I'm not losing any money per month. So I'm hoping my next step, I don't, my goal is never to make money off of it, but I'm on a, a network and if, uh, maybe one day, I, I think in the future, if I stick with it long enough, I think advertising might be in my future, but I don't, mm. it's not my goal. Right. I just 
but I'm not going to turn down money. I don't make that much money as it is. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, a lot of the things that I pay for, you know, my equipment, my hosting, all that is paid by my tips that I get during Christmas. Uh, from yeah that's how all my equipment i uh when i got married i was like i'm getting married i'm gonna get some money i was between the playstation (laughs) 3 or podcasting equipment and i chose podcasting equipment oh there you go yeah which is good because i think i put a lot of constructive time into it and i've you get to talk to friends and strangers and family and it's it's so much fun yeah yeah okay sorry i completely derailed you no 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 problem it's good stuff um, okay, we'll go ahead and then, uh, get back to the chipmunks here. Um, we see the boys, they're on the streets of Athens, and Theodore, uh, runs off to order couscous, cause I think he's been trying to order food this entire time and has been oh, unsuccessful. Yeah, that was a pretty good on-running joke. <laughs> yeah, like how they were in Mexico and he was trying to order, was it Mexico? Where he was trying to order, yeah, from the Cluck and Taco. Or I thought and, it was Rio. Uh, well, uh, Alvin, I think, said it was Rio, but then uh, Simon's like, it's Mexico. Oh, or okay, maybe that's was, right, that's right. Yeah, they, they, no, maybe it was Theodore, but, but one of them mistook Rio for Mexico, or Mexico yeah. for Rio. Yeah, Big so, numbers. but, it, yeah, um, and, but, yeah, he, he's, so he ordered some couscous, and he even, uh, um, and this is, like, right there, too, he's about to get served this plate of food, <laughs> but Alvin, he grabbed for, like, an apple over at the stand, and coincidentally, Brittany happens to be there grabbing the exact same apple. Like, you guys didn't see each other walking up just to this one apple at an apple stand. In Mexico, uh, the only <laughs> other one of your species that exists in the Athens. entire planet they're, happens they're to walk Athens. by you and looks like you. Right. And so they're, they're um, you know, playing tug and war with just this one apple. And then they decide to kind of square off in a, a sing-off. <laughs> in Greece, uh, right? Like, oh, my God, I ran into you in Greece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's when Theodore loses out on his plate of couscous uh, as it was being handed to him. So he um, so he doesn't get his food. But uh, yeah, so they they kind of duel it out. And what you think of this song? Yeah, th- I think this is the, the girls of rock and roll. Which song is this? Because um, if anyone's listening, we actually had to take a day break, so I kind of right. that. Um, which song is this one? It's uh, it's where they're dueling, and then you see like them popping their heads up behind like the headless statues. In oh Athens. yeah, I yeah, it's like the rock and roll song. I didn't think I was gonna like it as a thirty-year-old man, and I was ashamed to say I did. It was a good song. Yeah, that like, is right, one of my favorites. Yeah, it kind of validated and like this is why I used to like the Chipmunks. Yeah, yeah. So that one's called the Girls of Rock and Roll. I don't, I didn't remember that being the title because it's it was like a like a duet. You know, it was both both of them singing it. But um, they had that one part, we are the boys, we are the boys of rock and roll. You know, then the girls do that part, too. So uh, I, just, I, just, I just thought it was interesting that the title was Girls of Rock and Roll. Uh, and then we cut to, um, no, we uh, during this this dueling uh, of them singing, having a, a sing-off, Dave is walking up to where, where they are. And he's still, you know, standing far away. And he questions if... If the boys could, you know, possibly had been there, you know, and he he, he questions it. He's like, could they? You know, I was like, Dave, what other, <laughs> you know, three foot chipmunks do you know that sing? <laughs> um, yeah, Dave it, is a little bit of an enabler, right? Because he's yeah. just making excuses like, no. But of course, couldn't be them. Why would they be in Europe? Right. And, you know, 
and, and the boys aren't led by like Alvin or or anything. But it's <laughs> not know? like you think. Yeah, you're right. Because you're right. You make a good point. It's not like it's like he sees like a friend. Oh, I'm in a different country. It's like hmm. Another and, talking chipmunk. Of the, even if he knows it's not Alvin, shouldn't he be intrigued to find out there's more of his species? How, well, come, they're, they're, how come they are talking chipmunks? Do they ever explain that? Is there like a origin story? The, I, well, there, there's a... I remember an episode where they do meet. Um, I don't remember how it went down, but Dave did find them, you know, like in the forest or something. They didn't have clothes, so he provided that with them. Were, and I think, why did they learn? And, and they were speaking English, and they were giant. Yeah, they were already speaking. Yep. Hello, Dave. Uh, I'm a ship. Yeah. Ship I, I think there was like a TGRI uh, uh, canister with ooze in it. Um, That's what I'm hoping for. I was really <laughs> alluding to the Ninja Turtles here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some Tumblr. Uh, oh, I, or we should make some sort of weird. Uh, make it exist somehow. Make it so it exists that the Alvin and Chipmunks and the Ninja Turtles exist in the same universe. That's easy. We can do something like that. Oh, I mean, right? You don't know. Right? There's a sore right below Dave's house. Bam. Right. <laughs> Done. Uh, we we cut to Mrs. Miller. She's washing the dishes, and she gets a call from Dave. And I kind of like this exchange because, you know, uh, from Mrs. Miller's uh, point of view, she as she understands it, Dave calls her well earlier. Dave called her and said, hey, the boys are going to meet me up in Europe. Dave calls home wanting to talk to the boys. So he's like, are the boys available? And she's like, well, I don't see why not. <laughs> so there's just this misunderstanding that she's just like, well, why are you calling asking to talk to the boys if they're already with you? And everything he's asking her, and she's like, well, um, he goes, he's, he's like, okay, give the boys my love. She goes, why don't you give them your love? <laughs> How does so Dave not just, figure that oh God, What a terrible babysitter, first off. Yeah. Well, Dave's an idiot, first Wait, off. Why is Mrs. Miller still in their home? Because she's supposed well, uh, yeah. Dave, Dave doesn't. One. Well, Dave doesn't know that the boys are in Europe because they're supposed to be home with but her. But Mr. Still. Miller knows that the boys went to um, Europe. Oh, with I see Dave. what you're saying. Well, so, like, she's probably she's probably just still house sitting. Yeah, that's weird though, right? She got hired to babysit, not house sit. Well, I you're feel like probably this is a right. Violation of Dave's trust on Mrs. Miller, and she should be arrested. Ah, you know what it is? There's a deleted scene oh, where where Alvin says, "Hey, Mrs. Miller, we need you to watch the house still." That must be it. That's that's no absolutely question. it right there. That's, yeah, Dave uh, was like, please stay in the house and do my dishes because... <laughs> right. Why not? Why, why are there dishes if the boys are in Europe right now? Because they've been so, gone for a few days. So there could be a whole alternate movie where Mrs. Miller, like, it's like <laughs> a weekend at Bernie's with Mrs. Miller or something. It's just... She's like the Kramer in, in Seinfeld where Jerry goes away and Kramer has that huge party. There's yeah. that famous. There's that funny intro of a Seinfeld episode where it's like Kramer doing all these things, and then, and then Jerry walks in. What did you do all day? Not much. And then he's like had a party. <laughs> he's like moving stuff around. Like uh, that's all I could think of. But with Mrs. Miller. So what you're saying is Mrs. Miller must have had some kind of bingo party at the house. Huge bingo. Maybe some strippers. Like <laughs> I don't trust. Got a little Mrs. out of Miller. control. Yeah. Yeah. And she trashed the place up. and got it cleaned up before Dave got back home. There you go. Uh, we cut to Jamal and his thugs, and uh, he's not happy that uh, his Jamal. guys. Yeah, he, yeah, his guys can't seem to, um, you know, figuratively steal a candy from a baby, right? They they, uh, they get so close in so many scenes. Yeah, and uh, they, like they just inches away. Right, right. They can't take on these little group of kids, and uh, he decides to get someone else uh, to do the job. Um, some, 
I don't know, Arabian mercenaries or something. So <laughs> the, the girls, they're in Egypt. And yeah, and we see like these Arabian goons straight out of Aladdin, right? Were the girls uh, in, um, like, full-on burqas? Were they being culturally sensitive to Egyptian culture? Uh, yeah, well, they get dressed a little bit later on. So they're not dressed yet, yeah. Um, What an insensitive movie. uh, Well, there's a bit of an explanation for it, though. Yeah. Um, So they get captured by these, I don't know, do we want to call them, like, Arabian Nights or something? That's definitely Uh, what they're hinting to, because... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're taken to a prince who's, like, their age. And I don't know if you got this, but... You're a fan of well, – I'm not going to say it. Okay, the the prince, this little kid, he is voiced by Nancy Cartwright. Does that ring a bell to you? Oh, uh, Bart Simpson. Exactly. So that's Bart Simpson's voice with wow. a little Egyptian twang to it. What um, did she do? Yeah, so if you go back and just watch the scene, you can kind of hear it, you know, except oh. for she she's, you know tries to – Twisted up with a little Egyptian um, accent with it, but yeah, it's a, and th- there's a part where she kind of giggles too, uh, or the prince giggles, you know, kind of like Bart Simpson. I'm kind of um, mad I didn't catch her voice now. Well, it, it honestly, I never knew uh, until like uh, reviewing the movie, and I just kind of pulled up the uh, the voice actors, and I was like, Nancy Cartwright, that that rings a bell, and then I looked it up, I was like, oh, that's right, yeah, Bart Simpson. So that's amazing. Yeah, same good thing as her. the Arabian I mean, a good prince. voice actor really can do anything. Yeah, you know, it was 87, so it was, like, really early on, too. Oh, so that's, know? like, pre-Simpsons, just as... Uh, I mean, it's on, but it's late not, 80s, pretty close, I, I it's think. It's definitely on, but it's not the juggernaut that... It's, she's probably taking work, because she's like, who knows when this is over. <laughs> I, bet right. I bet this show's going to end next season and won't be on. You know what's weird? So when she recorded the voiceover, the, the voiceover to make this movie, or the, the year this movie is released, and from the time we're talking, The Simpsons has been on that entire time. Right. I think yeah. it came out in what eighty six, eighty seven. I don't remember, but you know, she was probably like, "Yeah, let me do a little bit of The Simpsons here because, come on, a a woman with blue hair. I mean, how how long can this last? <laughs> yeah, this show can't do anything, and now it's oh my, that's just it's become a pretty big pop culture juggernaut, as you I, said. I I would imagine no one in that. Uh, I bet you she didn't think she would still be employed to that same job as a voice right. actor. Ever. Oh my god, that just. It's amazing to think that it's been on for that long, and I and I love The Simpsons, but I'm like one of those like Golden Age Simpsons snobs where I kind of stop watching it, and then so there's probably like 15 seasons I didn't watch, which are still good. I just oh yeah never really yeah. watched them as that's much. Like, that's almost half. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? There's probably more seasons of The Simpsons I haven't watched compared to what I have watched. Yeah, um, and then the girls. Uh well yeah they're they're in front of this prince and then the prince tells his henchmen to tell Jabal that he'll take the girls as payment. Um also says that he'll engage Brittany and marry in ten years. So I guess they have to be at a certain age to actually marry, which was kind of interesting. But I, I'm sure that's kind of for the American audience. You know they don't want their kids to think that they can get married at a young age. I'd imagine. Um, then we cut to the girls. They're getting dressed in traditional Egyptian clothing. So oh, again, I feel this like was a song's the... going to happen eventually with this. Pretty soon, you know, that's you, you change wardrobe. Yeah, that's the one that you you, you weren't really digging. Yeah, um, it was the... way. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll wait to comment on it. Okay, um, the sheik uh, has sent them a present. It's a baby penguin, which is okay, sure, in the middle of Egypt. Um, we find out where it's from uh, later on, obviously. And uh, the girls like them, but 
kind of weird, right? This penguin's wearing like a locket that opens up and it shows a family picture because you know penguins have cameras, right? And and lockets. Yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah, uh, the girls. I, I guess they decide to escape, um, but they don't want to leave without their box of dolls. So they sneak into this room where the the chest is hidden, or well, not really hidden. It's kind of more set on this. Uh, um, what do you call it? Like a like a pedestal kind of thing, and it kind of kind of reminds me of Temple of No, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yep. And Eleanor, she she says, "Hey, go ahead, I'll, I'll be right back." Now, I'm no rocket scientist or anything like that, but usually you don't split up in like a foreign building, you know. So nope. uh, yeah, it's like rule but, number one of how to survive: stay together. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that's interesting. But she says she'll be right back, and uh, the other two, they're fine with that. Uh, but they find the dolls. Um, this, this this room is just filled with snakes. And then they cue the snake charming music. And this is, you said your favorite, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have any thoughts on this music? It was way more adult than it should be. And I, I so here's, let me clarify. I don't mind adult uh, overtone in uh, cartoons in fact i prefer it like i love archer and the simpsons and bob's burgers mm-hmm. blah 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 but it was adult sexual overtone with like preteen chipmunks and it right. was really it was kind of uncomfortable right because they were like wearing like crop tops and they're doing like these sexy dance songs and isn't the song about like making love or something what is the lyric the lyric is like i can't remember but it was like it's really hyper sexualized of like little chipmunk girls and I'm just like thinking of like John Benet Ramsey and all that weird shit, and I was like, ugh. But otherwise, yeah. that it was a great song. Yeah, it, it was okay. It's, it's not one of my favorites, but I like it. You know, a little a little Elvis esque type of type of song. Um, and then so they finally escape, and Eleanor or no, Brittany asks Eleanor what's in the icebox. Apparently, oh, that's what she went to go get, and she says, uh, "Well, she says sandwiches for for now." Uh, and she hesitated. She's like, yeah, sandwiches. Um, we see the boys. They're getting ready for bed in the forest. And they have a campfire going, but uh, Theodore is uh, scared by noises. And he is later woken up in the middle of the night by the sound of a branch snapping. Um, well, I kind of like this because you do get to see that they do, you know, have to stop and rest, right? That they're not always just uh, just flying. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't. Park your hot air balloon and just sleep in the middle of a random forest somewhere in the middle of the earth and expect to be safe. Yeah, uh, I, I would have preferred like you know near the the beach or something like that. So yeah, and why would you uh, want to land a hot air balloon in a forest? So yeah, these how guys are you supposed to get back out? Clearly but... not thinking yet again, chipmunks. Yeah, come on, Simon's there too. I know. Uh, like, wouldn't yeah, the beach would be like the beach would actually be your probably the best place to to land. Right, as, as you know, you can at least see people coming, you know, and, and not really hiding in the forest and stuff. So and there's a good uh, chance that none of them had any formal hot air balloon training. I doubt that uh, the Eastern European, what's I forget their names, would even would, would spring for that beforehand. Yeah, uh, unless unless they own that video game that Alvin was playing with earlier. That that's you know the, um, kind of a prerequisite there. They you know <laughs> you get training play, from that. <laughs> I could play Grand Theft Auto Five, so therefore I could drive a car very fast while shooting at people and yeah. go through the window and live. Right, same thing. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Alvin and Simon uh, they wake up and the next morning or the next morning to find that Theodore is missing. Uh, they find footprints that lead them to a village where uh, they eventually get caught. 
and Alvin tries to barter items for their freedom. Uh, <laughs> this scene's really funny, actually. The, yeah, some of their clothing, um, shirts, hats, and even a boombox. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, uh, where did I leave off? Their, their clothes are taken, and they're just wearing like a loincloth or something, <laughs> and they're strung up on the wall. Uh, and Theodore is then brought to them. Apparently, the villagers think he's their like long lost prince of plenty, and uh, that Alvin and Simon will only live if they are his servant, which is kind of weird because a little bit later we find out that they plan to sacrifice Theodore. So, <laughs> wh- why must Alvin and Simon serve him just so he can be sacrificed later on? I don't know. I mean, it is a kids' movie, but it's kind of fun to pick at it, right? With that's uh, why it's the most adult fun eyes. Part. Yeah. Um, the, the girls are on their balloon and Brittany discovers that Eleanor brought the penguin along, um, in the ice box and they discuss taking him back to Antarctica. And then we get one of the most slowest, saddest songs. It's called the mother song, I think. Oh God. Did you like that one? Uh, tearjerker. Yeah. Pulls out the old heartstrings. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was a sad one. And what's funny is, uh, we uh we, we didn't really mention it but this is kind of a, a two part recording um the the first part of this was on mother's day so they, that that was pretty um appropriate right yeah yeah we have the mother song so uh we see the girls uh were being followed and the men on a helicopter making a, a a call to claudia so the girls didn't hear the helicopter behind them <laughs> Um, there's a min- misunderstanding and she thinks that, uh, the girls discovered the money in diamonds, right? Because they're kind of off course now heading towards Antarctica. Um, so they're in Antarctica and the penguin is returned to his family. And then, uh, those men that were following the girls, they climb onto the balloon as it takes off and they try to grab the dolls, but they fall off from the penguins throwing snowballs at them. So, um, good on the penguins for helping out the girls. Antarctica is so far out of the way, too. It is, because they were just in Egypt last. You know, so that must have taken Side a few of days. The world. Yeah. Um, and this is the point where they kind of find out something's up, right? Because they're, they're being followed and it's getting a little dangerous. Why are people wanting these dolls? So they finally cut one up and then they, they find that there's diamonds in them. And uh, then, you know, the other, let me see, they are delivering, which one are they delivering? They're delivering the girl dolls that have the diamonds and then they're picking up the boy dolls with the money in it right the little exchange and so um, they figure out that the boys must be in trouble too obviously if if they uh you know themselves are in trouble uh alvin and simon are collecting mushrooms because you know theodore has a craving uh must be pregnant and uh <laughs> they find an ancient inscription in some caves and that's where they uh, they learn theodore's can be sacrificed and they cut to the boys tied up over a lake um over some crocodiles and the only thing holding them up are ropes. Uh, but the head villager, he lights the ropes up and it acts as a fuse, right? So as each one snaps, the, um, the more unstable this, uh, platform gets that they're, they're tied to. And Alvin asks if they have any, uh, last requests and they say, Wooly Bully. So do you know this song? I did not. Um, it's an older song. This one's actually a cover. And the first time I heard this song was, um, the opening of the movie Splash with Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. I never saw that movie either. Yeah, that's the, that's where Daryl Hannah is a mermaid. Oh my God. <laughs> Rick Moranis is, uh, no, no, not Rick Moranis. Um, 
uh, Eugene Levy, he's in there, and I think John Candy is also in there. It's been a really long time, but it opens up with uh, the song Wooly Bully. Um, the girls happen to be floating by and and save the boys. Um, we cut to Claudia. She's upset. She hasn't heard from anybody in two days. And she notices uh, someone is using one of the phones and catches Mario uh, on the phone with Jamal, right? So she's got one of those phone uh, that that shows like it, um, you know, there's different lines, and if somebody's using it, it lights up. Mm. So Mario gave, gave himself away, and so she overhears that uh, he's going to meet up with Jamal, and Claudia says that she'll take him to the airport uh, to to meet up with him. Um, the chipmunks and chipettes they're arriving at the airport to meet the the first teens, I guess. And coincidentally, Dave is uh, Dave's plane is also arriving. So I'm glad that they're. Hot air balloon journey is, uh, you know, in sync with Dave's <laughs> trip. Yeah, um, that's so absurd. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I, and I guess that the chipmunks they have to um, land at the airport as well because of the runway, right? It only makes sense. Of um, course, they 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 couldn't go to the park where they took off from. Uh, but we get the montage of them running away from the uh, uh, first teens. Actually, I really like that montage, by the way. I'm such a sucker for a good montage. I don't mean that as a joke. Like, I generally love montages. <laughs> I think I thought that one was really good. Like, I get excited whenever they come on screen. We we grew up in an era full of montages. You know, you don't really have them anymore. Um, so and it's then, always like, nice uh, to see. Yeah, like in Team America World Police, when they have a whole... They show a oh, montage yeah. while singing a song about montages. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so great. It was like gonna show a montage, montage. Yeah. It's amazing. I should, I should have you uh, sing that at the end of this, uh, this review. Uh, I'll have to. Yeah, I will. I will <laughs> sing my lungs out for you guys. Uh, uh, Klaus, uh, he doesn't want them to make a scene, and Claudia tricks them into thinking that she has Mrs. Miller. Uh, apparently, she knows that uh, Mrs. Miller was supposed to be watching them. I guess. Um, they. Do so you think Mrs. Take... Miller's in on this? Like she's taking a cut. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's uh, maybe the those people were at the, her party. A uh, hundred thousand dollars, exactly. That's this is probably Miller's what it day was. Off. <laughs> yeah, I like that. We should we should definitely do. Uh, we got to write a our sequel. own fan fiction for a movie that no one probably watched. <laughs> yeah, I think people will. Um, let's see. Mm, they let me see the the first things they they take. Uh, they take all the kids to the limo where Mario's tied up. And for whatever reason, Alvin's hat happens to blow, uh, you know, it gets blown by the wind and then it flies over to where Dave happens to stand. And he looks at the hat and he's like, you know, looks like Alvin's hat. <laughs> and he, he looks up and he sees Alvin is being um, tossed into the limo and he's, he's shouting for him. And then this is where Jamal comes out and he says that he's Detective Jamal. So Jamal is a cop of some sort. Oh, I take back um, all those racist things I said about him earlier. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. I wasn't the racist, but re- referring and, to the movie as being racist. And here's a weird thing. Like, Jamal happens to be, like, off screen somewhere. And then all of a sudden, some random guy is like, I think they took my boys. And then he's like, come along with me. <laughs> you know, he's Sounds just, legit. Just, yeah, sure. Uh, they cut to Mrs. Miller driving all crazy to the airport to go pick up Dave, and uh, she almost hits the limo, and um, or she swerves. No, I think she, she no, she's just driving crazy, and the limo it swerves and it hits a light pole, and uh, you know Jamal makes his arrest. Um, Mrs. Miller, she's upset that she was uh, deceived by the boys. She expected it from Alvin, but not from the other two. Um, 
And Dave is thinking Detective Jamal and Alvin and Brittany are still fighting over the winnings. Um, they drive off, and Alvin is trying to make a deal with Dave, trying to convince him uh, that they should get the money. And Dave and Mrs. Miller basically tell him to shut up, and that's the end of the movie. So we finally got here. Uh, what'd you think of how that all wrapped up? I mean, I know it was kind of quick. They used montage to kind of pass time a little bit, but um, were you satisfied with that ending? Yeah, especially for kids' movies, I think usually generally end up being under an hour and a half. Yeah. So I thought that was made sense, but it didn't really tie anything. Ends right, it just just ends. Yeah. So um, after their journey, they didn't get their money, and so nobody really wins. <laughs> so well, it was they got all the for experience nothing. of a lifetime. Yeah, well, you know what? I wish it could have been something like Goonies, where they at least ended up with like a couple of dolls each, you know, with some money or some diamonds, some diamonds. in it. Yeah, because they 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 all almost died, and and they a got lot. nothing at the end. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's the big lesson, kids: always listen to your parents. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, so so what we usually do, I mean, Phoenix, we uh we kind of recap of our, our thoughts of the the movie, then we give a, a rating of five stars, and you know we even um do you know half stars and quarter stars, whatever. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and go first, let you go uh, next because you're the guest. Um, but yeah, I obviously grew up watching this movie, and I think it actually still holds up. Uh, and I don't know if that's the nostalgia of the movie. But some of the songs I still enjoy, uh, the one that they sang in Mexico, I definitely didn't care for this time around. And I think you kind of agreed with that. But um, the songs are still enjoyable, and it's really actually not bad. And I appreciate the, the details. You know, like we mentioned earlier, the um, the Bloody Mary and a couple of the uh, – um, the uh, Product placement. Product placement, yes, thank you. Uh, so that was in here, which was very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, it, will I watch it more again? Well, maybe not as often as I did as a kid. Maybe, you know, once every couple of years or something like that. I think it's still pretty enjoyable. It's really not that bad, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it like a three and a quarter, you know, which is a, a little bit lower than I had uh, anticipated, you know, prior to watching this movie. Um, but uh, it's still pretty good nonetheless. I, I think I'd at least play it for the, the two-year-old and see if he'd enjoy it now. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Wow. You know, I went into this thinking uh, – I, I really expected to think it was going to be terrible. I was expecting two stars only because it's been so long. I was like, there's no way this could hold up because I used to love it so much. But for whatever reason – because I had gone through a phase – I don't know if it's a phase, but definitely like – I'm definitely big into go. Things I like from my past, I always love to go back and watch. So I have a lot of old uh, TGIF yes. uh, DVDs of like Tailspin or rather Saturday morning cartoon DVDs. But for whatever reason, the Chipmunks were the ones that I never had gone back to. And um, I'm with you, three and a quarter stars. I thought it held up more than it did. I would not have watched it if it weren't for this podcast. Yes. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> but I'm glad that I did. I had a nice experience, and because uh, I think it, I gave it three and a quarter because I have some nostalgia for it. But I think if you watched it right now with have never seen it, you probably wouldn't like it. Yeah. Like as an adult, or if I showed this to like a, a, a like a sixteen year old, they'd be like, "What is this?" Now here's here's a question: Would you watch this over any of the live action movies? Oh yeah, of course. It's okay. way better than the live action movies by like a hundred. Yeah. 
And as idiotic as uh, I said Dave was in this cartoon, I still think he's better than the Jason Lee character, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it was fun. Like, if you were a fan of Alvin the Chipmunks and you have access to this, um, it's definitely worth watching. I, 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 I had more fun watching it than I did. Um, yeah. You know, start it and don't finish it. I don't care. It's, it's your <laughs> time, not mine. There you go. Do whatever you want. But it was definitely a much better experience. And... That's probably one of the cool things uh, that I'm happy I get to do this podcast with you, because uh, like you know I watch some I did something I normally wouldn't do, and in my book that's always uh, something good, right? Like I like right. I like new things. Granted, I, I I still can't remember if I watched this as a kid though. I really I feel like I must have, but I'm not. I not, I have no strong memories towards it. And you kind of remember something about hot air balloons. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think – was my original idea for you – I think I was trying to pick a Muppet movie, but I think those were mm. a little too popular. That's probably something you should sell your son. Like, Because the 1979 Muppet movie holds up, and you absolutely should show Phoenix because that movie is incredible. Cause, I'll, have to, I'll have to go back and watch those. Oh, the first, I mean, Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, they're all great because Muppets aren't cartoons. They're not animated, and they're so – Actually, for oddly, yeah, they're definitely worth, some of them are worth, and I think even the Great Muppet Caper are definitely worth going back for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just not a movie. I was when we were talking about doing this, I was like, oh, we did not expect to end up on, uh, uh, not Calvin Hobbes, Alvin the Chipmunks. And yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> glad we did, and I'm glad to be your first animated movie because I I yes. love animation. I'm a big fan. Yeah, maybe you can return again for for something I else later on, like a Disney movie or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate well. the. Yeah, I appreciate uh, you coming on the show. But uh, tell the listeners again, um, you know how they can find your shows on the internets and uh, all that good stuff, and uh, how to contact you. Uh, please, please, please follow me on the internet. Uh, so my podcast is just called Let's Chat with Revel and Friends. Uh, Peter here has been a guest. I've had some wonderful guests. Uh, our website is uh, my podcast is on the Misfits Network, which is just the MisfitsNetwork.com. It's on anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find it, uh, including SoundHound, iTunes. I don't know how Android works. I think it's Google Play. I'm not sure. But, uh, Stitcher? I think Stitcher. Stitcher, Stitcher. Yeah, yeah, I got Stitcher. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on everything. It's uh, The Misfit Network is really – they have a lot of great podcasts besides my own. Uh, it's it's a great network. Everyone should check it out. I just got to plug my network because I'm just so happy to be on them. Yeah. Uh, and I also post my episodes on SquarePop.com, which is uh, – Kind of like an internet fanzine, and uh, Joe has been really nice and offered me to come on there. And Yeah, on Twitter, it's just at letschatpodcast, you know, on Twitter, and then email is letschatpodcast at gmail.com. I obsessively check Twitter, and I have a Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash letsuschat. But seriously, I don't know who you are if you're listening. Thank you, and if you ever want to come on my show, Peter or anyone listening, just hit me up on Twitter or email. And we will arrange that because I like to – my goal is to have the most uh, diverse uh, range of guests. And uh, I, I mean I'd like to stick with into the artistic community, but I'm not against of having anyone who's not into the arts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely check out the show. And if you happen to check out the show, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to, to him as well. Oh, yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And uh, as well with me, you can find uh, Hydrate Level 4 on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, I, I think for the most part, if you have some kind of podcast app, you can just search for it because a lot of those, they, they pull from those uh, main um, podcasting um, service sites. 
Um, but you know, we have a Facebook page. I post things on there as well. Please give us a like on there to let us know that you're, you know, checking out the show. Uh, you can follow us on Stitcher and Instagram at HLF Podcast. If you want to email in, HLFpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Please, you know, rate and review on iTunes. You know, uh, let us see that you're checking out the show and that it helps uh, spread the word. You know, that's um, that, that's all we can ask for. Uh, even if you don't want to give us five stars, it, it helps us out. And if you want to give us anything other than a five star, at least let us know what we can improve on. I'm always looking to make the show better, more entertaining for listeners. So I'm um, open to that. Um, if you want to personally hit me up on, on my personal, um, Twitter, it's at Rip Citizen. You know, I talk a lot of, you know, random stuff on there, uh, sports, TV, movies, whatever. Um, and I actually have another podcast as well. Uh, it's a collaborative one between, uh, I myself and Mike from the War Machine versus War Horse podcast. Uh, it is called the, um, it's called the original remake podcast. Uh, the Twitter on that is at original remake and each episode, Mike and I, we compare and discuss a, uh, an original movie and its remake. Um, so we just recorded our second episode earlier today and that should be available on uh, followingfilms.com, uh, as early as May 13th. So check the site followingfilms.com and look for the original remake. So, uh, again, Chris, thank you, uh, for coming on. Uh, we will definitely get together and, um, you know, plan on, on making some more appearances, you know, cross appearances on each other's show here. Absolutely. And I'm going to check out your other podcast. I didn't know you were on another one. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's still new. Uh, we, we, again, the first episode will be released May 13th. So, um, and, uh, but yeah. So, Chris, you and I will talk offline. I'm going to have you pick the outro song. And so, you know, people will hear that. But until the next episode, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level 4. Yeah,